What are we talking about? Outrageous couples. Outrageous couples. We got rid of the front one. Today's topic? Tiger's parents. I hope not. Uh, who have you talked about so far? Salty. Is that her name now? Just yeah. No, it is. I said okay. salty and casserole, so I was like, yeah, salty. <laughs> I did hear that in the recording. It's confirmed. Um, so Lot and his wife, you guys talked about Samson and Delilah, I heard. And one more? Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca? No. Yes. Is it? Yes. Jacob and Rebecca. Ooh. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Pretty different. Um. So what'd you learn about Samson and Delilah? That was last week, right? Um, that Samson is kind of dumb because he told this Philistine that his power and she cut his hair. Well, yeah. So he. Yeah, that's basically it. All right. Um, have you guys ever talked about uh, this couple? Yeah. Did you read my text message? No. How'd you know? Because when we were in the car, you were talking one time. You were talking about how you had to teach this, and you didn't know what you were going to do. And you said, maybe I'll do Abigail and Gable. Yeah. <laughs> so, I said, so tell me what you guys know. Have you ever heard of them? No. <laughs> Great! That's fun. Are we in for a treat? Yes! You're in for a treat. Um, so, today we're going to read out of 1 Samuel chapter 25. Let's just put our general Bible scholar hats on. What time period do we learn about when we're reading out of the books of Samuel? Long, long time ago. No. Let's not digress. What are we talking about when we read from the books of Samuel? Come on. Samuel chapter 25. Somebody answer my question. Are we reading about... Okay, yeah. And also David. 25. Oh, David, okay. Who's David? David's that guy. He's a king. He's king. Yeah. King That's David. Saul. King of Mon. Come on, guys. Jerusalem. These are like basic information. There's a man named Mon. Philistine. King David is not king of the Philistines. No. Uh, he is king of 3,000 sheep. No. Well, let me Jerusalem. So we're, where we're reading, David isn't actually king yet. Okay, he's been anointed. All right. Um, the spear? I'm not exactly sure. Um, so who's actually king right now? Saul. King Saul. All right. Uh, does Saul like David? No. He doesn't have a beginning, though. Yeah, but right now, definitely not. All right, so David's on the run. He's living in the wilderness. You guys have heard about his band of merry men. Not merry men, mighty men. <laughs> That's a different outlaw. Uh, 
All right, so the story of Abigail and Nabal is set after David is anointed, but when Saul is still king, David is out in the wilderness. So as we read this story about Nabal and his wife, I'm going to stop you as we go, and we can kind of list out things that we've learned about Abigail. Here's our list of Abigail things, and here's our list of Nabal things. And we're going to see if we can draw some conclusions. So let's start reading uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25, starting at verse 2. And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. All right. So this is Nabal. What do we know about him? He's a sheep guy. Lots of sheep. Um, this is like the equivalent of like exhaustive wealth in the time period. He's very wealthy. And goats. Yeah, the goats just put it over the top. Uh, next verse. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance and birth. But the man was church, church, and evil in his dealings, and he was of the house of King. All right. So what did we learn about Abigail? She's pretty. <laughs> she is pretty. Yeah, she's beautiful. And she's smart. That's a good summary. All right. Uh, what else did we learn about our friend Nabal over here? Churlish. Uh, so what that means is that he's harsh. All right. So that he's he's kind of an angry man. And the Bible comes right out and says he is evil. That's like a bad place to be. Like, if the Bible comes out and calls you evil, you are evil. <laughs> it's not many people that just comes right out and says something like that. All right, keep going. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David said unto the young man, and David said unto the man, Bid you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, bring him to In Rashadi, say to him that liveth in prosperity, peace be both to thee, and peace be not, peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we heard them not, neither was there aught missing unto them. <coughs> well, all the while they were in Ask the young men, and that they will shear thee. Therefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes. Will you come in a good day? Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine, and unto thy servants, to, and to thy son. Alright. So, David hears that Nabal is having a feast. So basically, he's shearing all of his sheep, and when you have 3,000 sheep, and you need to shear them, you get everybody to help. And to pay them, you feed them. Alright? So, while they're doing this work, they're throwing feasts every night until the work is done. When David hears about this, he sends a message to Nabal saying, Hey, 
uh, when your shepherds and animals were out in the wilderness, me and my men uh, protected them and made sure nothing bad happened to them. So do you think that because of that, we can also partake in your feast? Like, can you share some rations? He's out in the wilderness. He's on the run. He needs some help. Uh, Nabal responds, keep going. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and, 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 and ceased. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There will be many servants nowadays that break away every man. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shearers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? Alright. Do you think Nabal really doesn't know who David is? No. Ooh, look at you. Word for word. Selfish. I'm going to even put sarcastic. Who knew that sarcasm was in the Bible? There it is. All right. Uh, even ungrateful for the help that David gave. He's shaping out to be a pretty great guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep going. David's men turned around and went back, and they arrived there and heard every word. And David said unto his men, Gird you on every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode by the stuff. All right. So David is angry. He decides to fight back. Because Nabal refuses to recognize the help that David gave him, David decides uh, he's going to take the supplies he needs by force. He and 400 of his men march off to kill Nabal and all, everything he has. All right? Keep going. But one of the young men called Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of, of the wilderness to salute our master. And he reviled them, is what mine says. Okay. Keep going. Scoundrel? No. No. Oh, okay. That's what I get for having a different version. Alright, so. Belial. Scoundrel. I'm just trying to help you understand. Alright, so knowing that Nabal has just offended David, one of Nabal's shepherds goes to Nabal's wife Abigail. Just as David had said, the shepherd is able to confirm that David protected them and the flock while they were out in the wilderness. So let's see how Abigail reacts. Keep going, verse 18. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves 
two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and and a hundred of hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on the mountains. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me, behold, I come after after you, but if she told not her husband all right, so Abigail is quick to act in the face of this danger. Uh, but Abigail doesn't involve her husband in the plan. Can we add something to her list of traits? No? She, where her husband did nothing and actually made David really angry, she's trying to do something about it and protect her family. Keep going. We'll figure it out. Verse 20. And it was so as she rode, as she rode on the ass that she came down by the convo of the hill. And, <clears throat> and behold, David and his men <clears throat> came down <coughs> against it, and, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all this fellow out in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath invoked me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave yeah. if I leave of all that pertained to him by the morning by any that all right, so we get a look into uh, David's full intentions here. He plans to kill every male in Nabal's house. Abigail knows this. So she rides out to meet him and the mini army that he's got with him. Uh, keep going. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the And fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my lord, upon me let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. <coughs> Let not my lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my lord, thou didst say. Alright, so think about what Abigail has done. And think about it in the context of marriage at this time. Okay. Do you think she was wrong to do that? Okay. Uh, so in a time when women in marriage had like next to no rights at all, she broke all the rules to do, as you said, the right thing. All right, so we're going to put a character trait here. Brave. Courageous. All right. The other thing that I want to add is I'm sure she speaks the truth here. All right. She calls her husband, what's the word? Uh, folly. What does that mean? Like falls on her. Right? 
Uh, foolish. Vanity, all right? <clears throat> but we know that she's telling the truth. We can, uh, we can kind of understand that she's telling the truth because she's saying this in light of breaking all these rules, all right? So we're also going to add in here, Abigail is honest. Let's keep going. Verse 26. Abigail speaks this plead to da- uh, plead this plea to David for the lives of her husband and her family. Notice how it mentions things about uh, a sling, like it's calling back to him killing da- uh, Goliath, and it also mentions that his offspring will be uh, many. All of these promises that. Uh, are not necessarily known by a ton of people right now. Uh, we know a lot about it because we can read it in the Bible, but there's no Bible at this point, right? Because these events are actually happening. So it's clear by what she says that Abigail has a, an active relationship with God. The only way she would know these things is if she was told them by God. All right, keep going. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, Lord God of Israel, who sent me this day. And blessed be thy advice, and 
So David heeds her plea. He's so impressed and thankful for her because ultimately him going after this revengeful act uh, against Nabal would have been a sin. He realizes this through her plea. And he's very thankful that uh, she prevented him from sinning. So David takes the gifts that Abigail brought and they part ways. Um, Keep going. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house, like the feast of the king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very nothing. Wherefore she called him nothing, less or more, until the Lord's night. But the king passed the money when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had to make many sins, that his heart died within him in his soul. All right. So Abigail continues her honesty, right? And she wants her husband is of sound mind. Can you imagine that? Like, you know, you just made this guy with six hundred person army with mighty of mighty men. You know, you get, you made this guy super angry, and you think it's just. Your reaction is to party and drink. That's the kind of guy that Nabal is. So what happened is Abigail tells him, and he has a heart attack that instant. All right? And this is how we know that all of this was kind of in God's plan, because it says right there at the end that it was God who smote him. right? He was paralyzed for 10 days, and then he died. Alright, so it's clear that God was with Abigail and God was against. Nabal. Keep going. Alright. So David rejoices because he knows, after all of this kind of plays out, that God has been at work. He's been at work through Abigail. God prevented David from sinning. And God set Abigail free from this terrible relationship. Alright? Pretty awful to be married to a guy like Nabal. God was able to work through Abigail because she was ready to take action, right? So this is kind of a combination of these two things. They go together so that she uh, <clears throat> she knew what God was planning. That's why it kind of seemed like out of the blue, she's disobeying all of these 
rules about how, how women should act at the time, but she knew it was okay because God was in her ear and she had an active relationship with God. Keep going. And when the servants of David were come to Abiel to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee, to take thee to him to thee. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to her, and said, Oh, of thine handmaid, be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abiel hasted and rose and Looked upon an ass and five damsels of her that went after her, and she went after the 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 messengers of David, and and became his wife. All right. So we see another example of Abigail's kind and humble nature. Uh, with this kind of joyful ending to a tough situation. And again, David recognizes how great and godly Abigail is, and so they end up getting married. So we've got our list now. That's the end of the story. What is our conclusion? What can we learn from this outrageous couple? Even for the standard at the time, it's pretty clear Nabal was a terrible person to be in a relationship with. Right? The Bible comes right out and says he is evil. You want an evil husband? Bad example, but anyhow. <laughs> you get what I mean. So, no matter what, uh, you're going to have some tough relationships in your life, whether it's romantic or not. And Abigail's list of traits, her example of behavior, is God's way for us to act when we're in a bad relationship. Uh, but this passage, even more, <clears throat> is used by counselors as uh, an example of how to work within a relationship of abuse, all right? So you can tell a bad relationship, an abusive relationship, when one side has a behavioral pattern of sinning that causes significant harm to the other party, all right? So this harm can be either physical, emotional, or spiritual, but Abigail's actions are an example of what we should do if we're ever in a situation like that. The worst thing about that type of situation is that we only have control over ourselves. We can't stop the other person from doing what they're doing. We can't change them. But God tells us to be like Ab Abigail. Be kind, be smart, be courageous, be honest. Uh, but most of all, have that active relationship with God. All right? Because <clears throat> God is on your side. He wants to set you free from that situation. All right? And if you have a constant communication with God, he's going to help you. He's going to 
work with you so that you know what to do. When you're presented with an opportunity like Abigail was, you can take action. All right. So if you know somebody, or if you are in a, a situation like this, pray about it. Please pray about it every day. All right. <clears throat> and if you're convinced that something like that is going on, feel free to talk to somebody here. All right. You have four teachers who teach you on a regular basis, and then there's other people. Anybody you're comfortable with, okay? But again, the best part that we can take away from this is that God took care of Abigail. Because she had that relationship with him, God made a plan to set Abigail free from the abusive relationship. And we can be sure that God will do the same for us as long as we have that relationship and are ready to do his will. Thanks, guys.